0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome Standard to Text Talk. Good morning, Edwin. Your Good morning, Andrew.
1: And it is Monday. It is
0: Monday. So excited about that, the year of our Lord. 2022 april the 11th yes that is what is on the file we're you good. know by the end of this week i think uh me and my fellow americans are probably supposed to have our taxes done uh, so we gotta be doing those things
1: you already did yours didn't you
0: yeah we're in we you know we're just always in the process aren't we we're you're, you're awesome yeah i'm i'm <laughs> i'm uh, you know last minute i still got a few days but let me tell you this uh this Sunday, Lord willing, is April 17. Yes, it is. And we've got a big day here at Livingston. Absolutely, we do. And uh, we are inviting you, want you to come out and bring a friend at 10 a.m. Uh, you've got a lesson that you're preparing for us that day, one called The Beginning of Our
1: Faith. I'm super excited about it. We are going to basically take the approach that there are a lot of people deconstructing Deconverting, they're pulling the deconstructing faith apart. Their faith, pulling right? their faith apart. Yeah, and I want to say that's not bad. We need to do that. We need to pull it apart and make sure that what we're believing is correct. Okay, but now that you've got all the pieces, what are you going to do with them? Mm. We got to reconstruct. Mm-hmm. We've got to reconstruct in a right, godly way based on truth. And so this lesson is going to be that foundation. What, where do we reconstruct? How do we build? What is the beginning? of our faith. And of course, it will all be centered around Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. And so times, location,
0: all that information is at our website, www.christiansmeethere.org, and we'd love to see you. Absolutely. But now we're talking about Galatians chapter 4. Today on the program, Galatians chapter 4, we've turned the page from Galatians chapter 3. H- however, it doesn't that, quite feel like turning the page. Having said that, this is one of those instances where we probably want to say something clever like, you know, when Paul wrote this letter, he didn't actually put the chapter breaks in himself, he did not. Uh, later, editors did that for us, and we're very thankful for that good work. It makes things easy to find. But today, we want to be mindful that there is a continuation of thought and verbiage going from the end of chapter three into the beginning of chapter
1: four, which is why Friday's conversation was titled The Sons of God, and today's conversation is titled The Sons of God Part Two. Part Two. Part Two. <laughs> yeah, you. let's read it, and we'll <laughs> part But yeah. yeah. let's, let's read this and see why. Galatians chapter four, verses one through seven. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. That is from the English Standard Version. I'm sure everybody who listens regularly knew that, but I forgot to say it. Hey, so we have this word heir appearing in verse 7.
0: No longer a slave, but a son, if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That's part of that connection to the end of chapter 3 that we were talking about just a moment ago. Uh, where chapter 3 ends, uh, verse 26, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, and you are Abraham's seed." and heirs according
1: to the promise. Sons of God and heirs. But heirs according to the promise. Mm -hmm. That's going to become really important as we continue on through this chapter, especially when we talk later about that allegory at the end of the chapter. It talks about heirs and slaves and sons and freedom and promise. Some really important stuff for us to carry on. This is one of those places we do often talk about the chapter break issue, one of the other things that I think we need to remember, especially in this letter, is that when Paul wrote it, he did not expect it to be read as chapters. He did not expect it sure. to be read as paragraphs. He expected it to be read as a letter. Mm-hmm. It all goes together, and that makes it tough for like the conversations you and I are having right now, because we pull out certain paragraphs and try to dig into those things, and sometimes we can miss... All these connections. And that's that's one of the things that's happening in this chapter. This all goes together, even though today I really want to talk about this sons of God thing that we have at the beginning. And we won't get to talk about the allegory till Friday. But this sons versus slaves. And this is another place where we have to remind just as we did on Friday. Sisters, I, I really don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But in this passage, and I just want to remind you, in Ephesians, Andrew and I have to be okay with being called the bride of Christ, right. even though we are male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so today, sisters, we want to ask you to be comfortable with being called sons of God, mm-hmm. even though you are female. That's what we learned at the end of chapter three, that whether Jew or Greek, slave mm-hmm. or free, male or female, we are sons of God because we are in the son of God. Right. That blessing that was given to him... as the son of God, the seed of Abraham, we get to have because we are in him. And now Paul is expanding and expounding on that. So
0: part of the imagery going on at the end of chapter three and into chapter four uh, really comes from a Greco-Roman society and the um, ceremony involved of when a young Child uh, in a household, young male child. I was going to say specifically, yeah, the male, the son, right, uh, reaches an age of maturity, and now he is going to be introduced into society as a man, albeit a young man. But his position in the household changes, particularly the authority dynamics and power dynamics as to who that son uh, answers to and responsible to. Versus now that he is a man, some of those same householders and servants uh, need to listen to him and to obey him.
1: In the Old Testament, when there were heirs, the inheritance went to the sons. Mm -hmm. There were exceptions. There were exceptions. Some daughters came to Moses saying, our father didn't have sons. What happens? We don't want that inheritance to go away. So there's a little bit of a crossover here. Even uh, there's the Greco-Roman... Experience, But there's also that Jewish experience of the recognition of how inheritance work. And Mm -hmm. I I think with the Greco-Romans, it also passed through the sons, which is why it's important to see this idea of son of God, because Paul is highlighting that whether male or female, when we are in Christ, we are sons. We are the Mm -hmm. ones who receive the inheritance. We are heirs. You know, coming from a a middle-class
0: background, as I do, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about inheritance. Inheritance. You know, I, I, to me, that's more of, you know, the the stuff of, I don't know, 19th century Victorian literature, <laughs> you know, that some lord of the manor is actually going to get a whole estate. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is an incredible thought to be a son of God, that there is a tremendous inheritance in store for all of his sons, all of his people. The, and this is something that we should, you know, even if it's a little bit of an abstract concept for us who are middle class or lower middle class or whatever, that we have something great coming, It it is something to understand. Understand.
1: Oh, yeah. The picture that Paul presents, therefore, is one that is is—it's odd for me. It's odd for me. Mm-hmm. Odd for me. I, two reasons. I don't have the fixation on inheritance that these ancients did, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have slaves in the house. Yeah, that's right. That's true, too. And I'm thankful for that. And we're not going to get bogged down in that today, but I certainly think the trajectory of Scripture was toward. Abandoning slavery, so I'm glad for that. But what Paul presents is that when an heir was a child, he really looked a whole lot like the slave that was a child in the house. There were guardians that told him Mm -hmm. what to do. There were managers that watched him, uh, that educated him, that trained him in how he's supposed to behave. He did not get to go do what he wanted. He did not get to just access the property that was his father's in just any way that he wished. And so if you saw two of these young boys together in that Mm -hmm. house, unless you knew the family, you might not know who was the slave or who was the son, at least as far as how they were being treated by the stewards and managers in the house. But when you reach that age Mm -hmm. where the son becomes a man, Mm -hmm. now things have changed. Mm -hmm. And now you see a divergence between those that were brought up as slaves in the house and the one that was actually the heir. Now the heir does have access to the things that the father owns. He does have access to the property. He does get to control the property. He has the freedom to behave as he wishes. And of course that means he has the freedom to to lose everything. That's why they were mm. training him as a child to try to keep him from doing yeah, that. Yeah, that. that's a good but, point. That's a good point. But this point, this point, and, and that's the picture that Paul is presenting, is that there is a period of time where even those who are heirs are as slaves. And he says, you Galatians, that's where you were. You were as slaves when you were in your... Of following your pagan gods well, yeah. before you had come okay. to Jesus Christ. But now that you have come to Jesus Christ, you have become heirs. You are now sons. You have been set free from that slavery. How ridiculous now with that picture would it be for the son, yeah. who, yes, has grown up. Mm-hmm probably interacting with the slaves and the slaves' children and their sons. But now that he has taken on that mantle sure, sure. of ownership and freedom, how ridiculous and silly would it be to go back and say, yeah, I'd really rather just go back to being a slave. And so in the, in the bigger story of this letter to the Galatians,
0: that's the spiritual reality of changing the gospel, of adopting Judaism, particularly, and, yeah. and trying to create some new sort of uh, syncretic, synthetic religion yeah. of, of of blending these two systems. Yeah. So that, by that the was way, the
1: danger. Real quick, you said syncretic, like syncretism. Yeah. The, and syncretism that, that, is that blending together of yeah, religions, blending m- together faith, taking religions and trying to bring them in sync Correct. with one another. Yes. And so syncretism. Yeah. And that's what a lot of a lot of folks. Uh, won't want to do that. You know, it's okay. It, you know, let's a piece here, a piece there. That's a very popular approach to religion, in our
0: society and our culture. Absolutely. It and is. let's,
1: let's be honest about this. It is very understandable to me why someone might think the right thing to do is to do that between Judaism and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. in our modern day, as folks like to use the phrase "Judeo-Christian background." Sure, and I understand where that comes from. But what Paul is pointing out, as Gentile Christians, we are not. Our job is not to bring Judaism and Christianity in sync. Correct. We have the gospel. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt that Jewish Christians, Jews who became Christians, will continue in their heritage. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt that that was going to happen. And there were parts of the law that they would follow, maybe even feast days and some of the traditions and rules, just because that was their heritage. But he's saying to these Gentiles... Don't bring that in. Correct. Bringing that in for you is Mm -hmm. going back to slavery. Mm -hmm. You left slavery. Why would you go back to slavery? You are an heir in Jesus Christ. You don't get to call Abba Father because you've kept the law. You Mm -hmm. don't get to call Abba Father because you've kept a feast or a rule from the law. You cry out Abba Father because the Son of God has poured out his spirit in your heart and you are a son of God. What a powerful thing!
0: No, it is, and I appreciate you. I, I know we're getting a little tight on the clock here, but I appreciate the statement uh, about Abba, Father. I was reading a commentary about that, and that was that was one of the evidences, one of the points that you are actually a son. Mm. That it would never be appropriate for a slave to address the master of the house as, as, father, Abba, as father, as Abba, father. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. And so, you know, as as he makes a case and he is making a case of the superior position of the Christian in relation to God than you know what than what they were giving that up for to create this other kind of religion um they're losing a place and yeah. and they were in an
1: honored place to be able to call to God Abba Father yeah paul says i brought you to the place of sons yeah, why yeah, would yeah. you go back to slavery yeah yeah and and that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be the topic all week long in all yeah. these conversations. That's what he's hitting on. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up with a prayer?
0: Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for everyone that's listening to this podcast. Thank you for the gospel. Father, that by your grace and mercy, you invite us to come be sons, uh, not because we earn it, not because we are worthy, but because of your love, and it is in Christ. And we are so thankful that we might be baptized into Christ, clothed in Christ, and to be heirs, Father of all the good things that you have in store for your people who you love so much. We pray, Father, that we would be clothed in Christ this
1: day, and Christ would live in us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutes, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Have a fantastic steady, day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.